Well, we knew there was a reason why we had Richo replace Brian Lake in the Sports Bet podcast. We're going to talk about Rory Sloan, the Under-18 Championships, and the best offer we got from another footy club. That's all coming up on the Sports Bet podcast. Another big week in footy. Welcome to the Spot Sports Bet Podcast again. Yeah, good to be here, Nathan. It's uh, never a dull week in football, is it? No, it's not. Hey, we got you on this podcast. What is it? Six weeks ago Six, now? Seven weeks ago. I rang you and he, we said that we had Brian Lake doing it week to week. There was Hummer, obviously, who's now over doing the World Cup. But all of a sudden, Lakey didn't turn up one week. Yeah. Couldn't get a hold of him. So me and Wally did it for one week. And they said, who else could we get? I said, well, I'll ring Richo because... Honestly, we didn't hear from Brian Lake. We didn't know where he was. We found out where he is. Yeah, he's in Japan apparently, <laughs> he's Brian. He's in Japan. What was he doing over there? He was playing in a, in a Gecko's football side. Is that, the, uh, is that the Bali team? <laughs> the Bali led, Gecko's. Led by Ricky, Ricky Olerenshaw. Ricky Olerenshaw. So they were playing, what, what a tournament in Japan, were a they? A tournament in Japan. And oh, Brian, as he does, I think he got a little bit excited when he's had a couple. Did and they he got in a bit of a scuffle. I think they may have won the tournament and they were out celebrating in Osaka, I think it was. Yep. And obviously, Brian, he's had one too many, I think. Like he did the time down in Portsea where he got locked up down there. I don't think he's done much wrong from all no. reports. He's just got in a, a tiny scuffle. We don't condone uh, fighting, but I think it was a bit of a tiny scuffle in a bar in Osaka and they locked him up, Brian. <laughs> what about those rules? 23 days they can lock you up without even bothering you, without even charging you, without even asking you a question. I don't mind it. I I don't mind it because it sends a strong message to anyone, no matter how minor the offence, and this is clearly a minor offence because Brian, I believe, is getting out tomorrow, but mm. it would make you think, wouldn't it? It's all these peanuts around Melbourne who are keen cars and yeah. starting fights. You reckon yeah. just lock them up, 23 yeah. days, there you go, son. Well, I reckon for a minor offence, if you know you're going to be locked up for 23 days, I'd be thinking twice about running a key down a car, wouldn't you? Well, Mayor Giuliani took over New York and that was the most dangerous city in the world. He zero came in, tolerance. Zero tolerance. That is now the safest, greatest city in the world. I think Mayor Richardson's got a really good ring to it. Come yeah. in, clean up Melbourne, send everybody to jail. This would be a beautiful city for Mayor Richardson there's to nothing, take over. There's nothing wrong with sending a strong message and uh, I think Brian's got the message. I hope he gets out. We send him our best wishes. But I'll tell you what, if he ever goes to Japan again, he won't get in a wrestle, will he? <laughs> <laughs> and he lost 20 kilos too doing the uh, Survivor thing. So, yeah. um, uh, Good on him. We anyway, wish him well. We yeah, good on you, well. Lakey. And uh, <laughs> what was funny, I, I saw a tweet the other day that said uh, apparently he gave them the, uh, the police over in Japan Brian Harris's name. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might have had a couple of uh, strong beverages before he got locked up. Hey, Nathan, one thing caught my eye last week was the Under-18 Championships, and I always like watching that. You, you see the next superstars coming through. A couple of South Australian boys, Lukosius, uh, caught my eye. He looks really good. And it just reminded me, back when I played in the Underage Championships, it was a, a different time. It was called the Teal Cup back then, the Under-17 Championships, and it just made me think of some of the players that I saw coming through and I remember playing in the under 16 schoolboys up in Brisbane in 1990 and this was before the internet this was uh, before you know mobile phones so players had a mythical type of a reputation before you got there and I remember hearing about two players to look out for in the Victorian Ford line it was David Neitz Big Nuda. and Sean Charles remember Sean Charles the little Ford pocket fast 
fast, very fast. Injury prone. Yeah, injury prone. But we'd heard about these guys in Tassie. So you rock up to Brisbane, you can't wait to see them. And fair dinkum, David Neitz was like a Greek god coming into this under-16 championships and he didn't disappoint. Him and Sean Charles in the forward line, absolutely incredible the way they played. The next year played Teal Cup up in Darwin and Victoria again. Victoria always had the stronger team and I remember watching uh, Big Spider Everett. He was the biggest man I'd ever seen at that time. And Victoria, they had guys like Mercury and Mercedes in the midfield, incredible team. South Australia had a full forward, powerful full forward by the name of Mark Rusciuto. And I remember watching him and thinking, I'm never going to be able to compete with these type of guys. But the best performance I ever saw in the underage was the next year in Victoria, Teal Cup, 1991, played in Melbourne and Gippsland. A guy by the name of Michael Voss, playing for Queensland, kicked 14 goals. 14. 14 goals from full forward against Vic Country down in Terrell. Turned into a midfielder. Yeah. I will never forget that. 14 goals. They were, they were raving about the young boy from South Australia kicking five in the final. Vossi kicked 14. 14. He, he actually made his debut two weeks later against Fitzroy. He was already on Brisbane's list. And, uh, yeah, he was the best junior player I ever saw. Did you ever see anyone? I remember being in year 10 and we had a family holiday over to South Australia. We took a kid uh, who's now the fitness coach, uh, Chris Hink of Geelong, with yeah. us uh, as a family holiday. And I remember – going to South Australia and the Teal Cup was on under-18 champions. It might have been named by that point. I still think yeah. it was under-17s. Yeah. Um, and uh, went and watched Vic Metro play against South Australia and saw this little kid who would have been – because I was small. Yeah. I was small and yeah. I wanted to play a foul. And like you, I didn't yeah. real, I, I didn't think I was you big enough. You didn't believe then, did no, you? No, you didn't think uh, – I, I was 60 kilos or something, yeah. tiny, love footy, yeah. but didn't think I was going to get anywhere. And then I saw this little kid, Brent Harvey, play and he was the smallest kid out there. I mean, there were some huge players playing. I'm, I'm pretty sure Matty Lloyd was out yeah, there, yeah. Lance Whitnell, these yeah. sort of guys who were big, big men at that time. Yeah. Scotty Lucas played yeah. as well. And this, uh, Brent Harvey was t- – and he ran rings around yeah. them. He would have had 35 disposals. I think he kicked about three goals. It was a wet, muddy, real ordinary day. So um, he would have given you hope. I walked away thinking if he can do it, yeah. I can do it. Yeah. Um, and then it was a couple of years later that I played uh, the championships, Vic Country – against South Australia, yeah. first game at the MCG ever, lined up on a bloke, didn't know him at that point, but lined up on the wing uh, on a bloke called Stuart Jew and we shook hands at the start and I don't reckon me or Stewie went anywhere near <laughs> each other for the rest of the day. I ended up getting 33 disposals. I reckon Dewey had the same, about yeah. 32. I think I beat him by one. Yeah. We shook hands at the end and they were raving about me and Stewie Dew at the end of the game, but didn't we go did not go anywhere near each other. It was a bit like JJ on the halfback flank last week. 25 touches, gets manned up in the second half, didn't get near it. He was good in that first half, though. I'll tell so you was what, Boomer the best you saw? But I think so. Just yeah. that, that one performance was outstanding, yeah. yeah. Not 14 uh, goals, though. Yeah, we look forward to seeing how these guys progress. Hey, uh, what about um, Rory Sloan? Huge news. Everybody yeah. thought that he was coming home to Victoria. A big filler for Adelaide. They're excited over there, which made us think about, um, obviously I changed clubs, you didn't. Yeah. What was the best offer that you received? There would have been a lot of clubs knocking on your door to leave Richmond. Yeah, to be honest, Nathan, I never really got out of contract. I only got out of contract once in my career and that was late in my career so it didn't really matter by that point but uh, in 1999 Fremantle uh, went to my manager I'd had a good year I had a you know probably my best year to date in 1999 and they went to my manager uh, with a pretty big deal a five-year deal Um, but I wasn't out of contract it was gonna they would sort of 
preempting that maybe I wait until the next year before signing up. But uh, I ended up re-signing with Richmond. So I never got to the point like a Rory Sloan now, where I was completely out of contract in the peak of my career. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the Fremantle deal was was probably the the biggest one that I got offered. You being a Richmond family member, your old man played yeah. there, obviously at Richmond. That would have helped you. Stay at Richmond Football yeah, Club. Yeah, I think so. I mean, because I was a mad Richmond supporter as a kid, I I couldn't bring myself to leave. And the thing that always made me stay was I thought if I left Richmond and they played finals the next year or had success, mm. I couldn't live with myself. So that was the reason always in the back of my mind where I probably when I when I was thinking about it. That always came to mind, so that's why I never left. What about you? I think Carlton came yeah. after you one stage. Didn't so, you? as you know, it was the end of 2003, so Hawthorne were coming after me, Richmond were big time, Collingwood, and also, and because I wanted to stay in Melbourne and Carlton. So, you Car- were out, weren't you? Yeah. Completely out. Carlton of had just gone through that period of 2000 and 2001 where they were unstoppable. They were flying Carlton. Yeah. Uh, 2002 came around, and they had all those draft concessions taken away. Yeah. All their older players, Kudafidis, Camparelli, all these guys retired, Silvani, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Stuff. And opened they, up a bit of cap space. Yeah, they were gone, Carlton. They finished on the bottom of the ladder, I think, the year before, so they had huge money. And back then, that's 2003, um, I was getting phone calls from Shane Crawford. Shane Crawford yeah. rang me. Um, yeah. And, in fact, Darren Gasper rang me from Richmond. That was the one, one <laughs> uninspiring conversations I've ever had. Gassy, and they would have had to really coerce him to I do that. I don't know that. why they would have got Gassy. Um, and then Collingwood obviously ended up taking Nick Stevens. But on this day, I went and met uh, with my manager, Jimmy Panagopoulos. <laughs> we went down to the, uh, the, the, the pier down in Port Melbourne. And Stephen Kern, I was a massive Carlton yeah. fan. Like, I was a Carlton nut. Yeah. Everything on my room was Carlton. Love Diesel, love Craig Bradley, love Kernahan. So Kernahan sat down and we're just going through the whole thing. How do you do? We're having a, a coffee as well. And he goes, I know you're a Carlton supporter. And he mentioned actually Boomer Harvey. He goes, yeah. We reckon we've just got about Boomer Harvey over oh, really? the line. Didn't know that. And I reckon if they got Boomer, then I would have said yes. Yeah. But yeah. The, I didn't know that. the Boomer stuff didn't go through. Right. Uh, and obviously, um, so Kern st- sticks is on a on a like a beer coaster. I remember yeah. it was a CUB beer coaster as well. <laughs> you turn it over on the back, and he's written uh, a certain amount, which was yeah. two hundred grand more than what anybody else had offered me yeah. per year, yeah. and uh, and by five years, this on it, a beer coaster, on a beer coaster, life life changing <laughs> life changing money back then. I mean, this is fifteen years ago. Yeah. I mean, this is big money these days. Yeah. And uh, and he just slid it across the table. He goes, "Just have a look at that young fella." <laughs> <laughs> That's that would- a terrible Kernahan accent, but I went away. I had a few things to think about, um, and in the end of the, at the end, I decided not to go to Carlton just because I thought the struggle would be harder there. Yeah. They didn't have any players, and I'd yeah. be the number one. Yeah. So I thought I'd come to Richmond. I knew you. I knew Cambo. Um, but uh, I tell you what, it would have been nice to take that offer. That is brilliant, Sticks. Just old school. I would have been struggling to say no to Stephen Kernahan. Still one of the best blokes I've ever met in footy, Sticks. Hey, huge game tonight. Adelaide, yes. Geelong. I, I like Adelaide I, for the two two reasons, and they have uh, they have come in a fair bit. The fact that they've got some players back, they've got Rory Sloan re-signed, so that's a big filler for them. Eddie Betts comes back, so I just think they've got some good things to talk about this week. Rory two, Atkins back two ten into a dollar ninety eight Geelong, and it's only small travel, but they've travelled to Sydney, come back, travelled to Adelaide, so it's travelled twice mm. in two weeks, which they're not used to. They're $1.83, but uh, I like Adelaide. Yeah, it's hard to tip against Adelaide, no matter how they're going at the Adelaide Oval. I understand what you're saying, but I saw Geelong in Sydney last Thursday night, and they were super impressive. 
impressive. Gee, they do well with their young players. They rejuvenate. All this bottoming out and clubs whinging about concessions and priority picks, Geelong never do that. I mean, their recruiting's unbelievable. Henry, Parfit, Narkle, Kelly, all first-year players, they'll be in the team tonight. I just think they're in better form. And I'm tempted to stick with Geelong just on last week's performance in Sydney. But Adelaide will be really positive, won't they, with Rory Sloan re-signing. Yep. I think it's going to be super tight. It's a 50-50 game. Isn't it, it is. But I think the Crows are gone. I don't think they really believe they can play finals. Yeah. And when that's in your mind and it gets hard and tough, the Cats are still playing for top four. So To worry about the way Geelong played two weeks ago against the Dogs. Like They were pretty mm. ordinary two weeks ago. They that, were very good. I, I agree with you last week. They were outstanding. They do need to find some consistency in this last six weeks. They're their best footy is top four footy, but they can have lapses still, the Cats. But oh, I think they've got too much to play for. I'm going to go for Geelong. Are you travelling tonight? Yes. Uh, uh, what not, is your favourite venue? To go, I yeah. think my favourite venue is probably is the Adelaide Oval for yeah. atmosphere. It's an incredible place to travel. As a player, it was always the best place to travel. Yeah. The first thing you packed when you went to Adelaide, NATO, was your jeans and your dress shoes. Yeah. Because back in those days, you could actually go out after the game. Good. And it was good fun, Adelaide. It was very good fun, Adelaide, I'll tell you that. What was the inflation over there, was it? Uh, there was the one down in the corner. The one, yeah, where, the one where Sugar started, uh, Kane Johnson started that big brawl. Where was that? That was Joplin's. <laughs> <laughs> one of the great Still denies he did that. One of the great places in Australia, Joplin's. In Reckons he knocked that Josh Carr. Oh, I don't know about that, Sugar. Friday night, uh, it, it brings up the question. St Kilda, Carlton, $1.32 the Saints. Carlton, terrible last week, $3.40. I think St Kilda should win this game. But discuss a bit about a floating fixture. Do they bring a floating fixture in? Because you look at this uh, and this game should never be on a Friday night. I mean, you'd almost, if you were going to do a floating fixture, you'd probably almost bring Collingwood and West Coast right. to Friday night Absolutely. and move St Kilda to Sunday. And you look at the NFL, their last three rounds, rounds 15, 16 and 17 in the NFL are floating. They, they have the ability on the big stage to change the games around. And I... I think you've got to have that in the AFL. So that's the last the last sixth of an NFL season. So Bigger competition, yeah. more teams, yeah. more players, yeah. more logistics, yeah. and they get it done. They can they can float it around and change times of games. So I think at this stage of the season when form is set and teams are struggling, I think the broadcasters in the AFL should be able to change it around. Anyway, they're not something to think about moving forward, but... St Kilda, they're not in bad form. You know, they, they, they played pretty well. They beat Melbourne two weeks ago. They hung in there against Port over in Adelaide last week and, no, they'll be far too good tomorrow night. All right. We're going to do the rant. And this week, the rant, we're going to do goal kicking, Matthew, right, because right. it's never improved. It has never improved the goal kicking. You sure you want to go goal kicking? You don't want to go with that other topic you brought up. <laughs> I've sacked the first rant. It right wasn't on. good. Could right get on. me into trouble. Now, <laughs> Goal kicking. And I'm going to put the blame fairly and squarely on fitness coaches because, as you know, we had Matty Hornsby yes. at Richmond who every time we went out to do extra goal kicking, he was like, boys, boys, no no, no more goal kicking. Come in. You can't do any more goal kicking. You've got to come in. You're going to hurt your hammy. You're going to hurt your quad. From day one when I come down to an AFL club, I used to have 100, 200 shots time and time again, two, three times a week, and I never got injured. Right. I don't like the fact that so many – fitness coaching staff have control over the players and how much extra work they do Surely and that, it costs football clubs games of football. Surely that's not still happening though. Oh, it has to be. Surely you should be able to go out and have 100 shots at goal every single training but session they don't. if you need to. They don't. Well, 
if they're still pulling players off the track because they're worried about injury when you're having goal kicking, we've got something wrong in this game. There's not enough emphasis done on the goal kicking. We know that the goal kicking has gone backwards uh, every year for the last five years. Field kicking, I think, is... Better because, it's better, but it's not as fluent because of the way we play the game now. Yeah, because of the pressure the players are under, you can understand they make some clanger kicks around the ground. There's no excuse with goal kicking. No. The game stops. You've got time to set up. You've got time to have a routine. And I, I honestly agree with you here. If, if fitness staff are still pulling players off the track because they don't want them getting injured by having shots at goal at training, then something's seriously wrong with the game. Good point. Good rant. Hawthorne, Brisbane. A little bit of money around for Brisbane. They're $4, Hawthorne $1.25, no McAvoy, uh, but I just can't see Hawthorne losing a game down in Tassie whether they've got McAvoy in or out. Sigler's a very good player. Brisbane, I don't think a lot of those young players would have felt the cold of Tasmania, although it is uh, an unbelievably sunny place where you get burnt and, you the, uh, uh, and the sun is stronger down there, according to you. Well, some of these Brisbane boys might find that on Saturday afternoon. You reckon they need to put some sunscreen on, do you? I do. Just be very careful. <laughs> In the middle of winter, they need to put some sunscreen on. I'm All right, Nathan, I know you don't uh, take this seriously. You get more sunburnt in Tassie, and some of these Brisbane boys might find that out on Saturday afternoon. You do. <laughs> You definitely do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna follow this up with you All afterwards. Right. Well, I'm gonna try and interview a few Brisbane players no. on the weekend. I'm just gonna go. How was the sun factor down there? Did you get burnt? Oh well, well, people, anyone who wants to back me up on this, just email us here at uh, Sports. Actually, I'm gonna have a test case. I'm gonna ring Daniel Rich because he is the whitest sort of ghosty looking right. player from Brisbane. I'm gonna ring him. Say, did you get burnt down in Tassie? You do that next week. <laughs> Hawthorne will win. Brisbane are going for three in a row, <laughs> and trust me, the cold will get to them down there because they play in the heat. I just don't think they can win three games in a row, not against Hawthorne, who've got too much to play for. And uh, Brisbane are in great nick. I love what Chris Fagan's doing. Segler v Martin is a crucial uh, battle. Segler needs needs to hold his own there. If he does that, the Hawks win, Nada. And uh, and I'm going to take you to Tassie this summer and oh. just prove a point again. Play a game of cricket? Yeah. I'll, yes, I'll, I'll invite good. you down for the 2020 again. Uh, Melbourne Western Bulldogs can't see the dogs without Bontem Pally. They're no good at the MCG. They're okay at Eddie Had. I got sucked into the dogs last week against Hawthorne. So Melbourne $1.15. They're still too short for me to back uh, Melbourne. The only place you maybe would back Melbourne is the line. And the line at the moment is... Uh, 40. So no, can no. Melbourne win by more than 40? It's a big bet. Well, they so can. They I'm going to stay out of this game. Melbourne uh, found some form last week against Frio, mind you, in Darwin. They they dominated that game. The time in Ford half was out of control. They haven't lost a contested ball battle this year, Melbourne. They've got the fundamentals right. I heard Nathan Jones speaking about it the other night. They're still a threat for me. If yeah. they if they can get their defence right through the midfield and don't allow the opposition to get out the back, they've been scored against a little bit easy out the back. But their contested ball, their time in forward half, their forward pressure's really good. If they get that other part right, I think Melbourne can still play a big part in September and uh, they'll be far too strong for the dogs at the MCG. Do you give Gold Coast any chance against Essendon? A tiny chance. A tiny chance. They've got to win one eventually, Gold Coast, at home. They're better at Metricon, we know that. Stringer's out. He's been pretty solid for the Bombers. They got five goals out of McKernan and Mitch Brown last week. Uh, makeshift key forwards with Joe Danaher out. Can they do that again? I, I, I would say two weeks in a row it is doubtful. So the scoring power's a little bit down for the Bombers, but I, I think they should get the job done. They're still a sneaky 
sneaky small chance for the finals. They have to win this if they want to keep their finals hopes alive. So too much to play for. I think they'll be too good. Thought I'd give you a punt club update because we got back on track. Uh, We got back on track with a good uh, horse racing one last week, but then. We backed Sydney to beat Geelong on Friday or Thursday night last week, which was pretty disappointing up yep. there, so that didn't pan out. And then I had a hunch on the Bulldogs because their last two weeks have been outstanding. Well, half time you would have been yeah. feeling pretty well, good. I took about the it. dogs head to head and I took them at the line, so I had a fifteen point head start. I didn't see that third quarter coming. No. The dogs should have been further in front at half time. Luke Bruce was outstanding and uh, the dogs were pitiful in that second half, so we lost a thousand dollars. Young team. Young team and just struggling to play four quarters at the moment, the dogs. But at half time, that was looking pretty good, wasn't it? Yep. I have taken Adelaide in the punt club. I've also taken Richmond in the punt club at the line in this game. GWS, uh, they play a lot better up there, but they're not flying at the moment, GWS. They're $2.60, Richmond $1.50. The line is 13 and a half. I think Richmond win this game by more than 13 points. Yeah, Richmond are the only team in the comp at the moment that are top four for both defence and offence. And I just can't see GWS kicking a score a against stat. that. I'll be using that over yeah, the weekend. Yeah, use that. Just check it because uh, I can be wrong at times. Yep. But uh, I think that's right. Uh, GWS, I just don't think they can score. Their scoring's been down all season. Richmond, uh, we know, is so good behind the footy with Rance. Floston comes back in. He's a huge in. So you would think Richmond can get the job done. I'll tell you one thing the Giants are doing well. Their contested ball in the last five weeks is through the roof. So they're winning the footy. But... I just don't think they're going to be able to score enough to beat Richmond. So you'd think the Tigers would continue on. It's a sneaky chance for a debut. We haven't got the teams just yet, but with Dan Butler out for a month, there's a young guy in the VFL, uh, Liam Baker, yeah. for Richmond, who's been playing really well. I think he might be a sneaky chance to make his debut on uh, Saturday like young night. young Moore as well. Yeah, he does the right qu- thing right thing at the right time, quick. Young Moore, yeah. They've got pace, haven't they, Richmond? That that's their biggest strength, pace. So yeah. oh look, they got they got they, too much to play for. They're not as fast leg speed as any other club. That yeah, they do have Butler and uh Castagna, but the pace they move the footy at is how yeah. they move so quickly and they make uh, people talking about how fit Richmond are. I don't think they're any fitter than anybody else. What they do really well is they guard space and they don't use up energy. Clubs last week, I saw Adelaide running and carrying the footy, going backwards, going sideways. They're working so hard. Richmond are standing there, not moving, and they eventually turn it over. And, of course, Richmond have just got so much left in the tank because their defensive structures allow them to be fitter at the end of the game. You know one of the biggest myths in football? When a team is going really well, people say, oh, they're fitter, Mm. they're running better. No, they're more organised. And when you're more organised, you actually run less. Yeah. When you're losing, you're chasing, you exactly. know, you're chasing the opposition around and you run more. It's one of the biggest myths in football. The teams that are going well are fitter. Remember no. when Plough would come in and you go, you blokes aren't fit enough. We're going to go out and do some 400s. It's oh, the, you know, that'll do the trick, Terry. It's the easiest excuse in football to say you're not fit enough. Every team would have a very similar fitness base. Exactly. The more organised teams are the ones that play better. Time for me to reminisce. And I go back to the first time that I played against the Western Bulldogs when I went to Richmond. It was the MCG. Um, and they sent Robert Murphy out to tag me. They realised very, very quickly that Robert Murphy wasn't a <laughs> Tagger, because uh, I ended up getting thirty dis- uh, thirty-one disposals and kicked remember, three goals this day. Do you day. remember every game your stats that you had? I, no, just the really good ones. I Matthew. think you might, Mike. thirty-one. But I thought I'd get the three votes this day, uh, right. but obviously I didn't because there was one player who was clearly the best man on the ground. That was yourself. You've just heave hoed a ten-goal performance at the MCG. It was one of the great performances, and the it was thing a I, sunny day. The thing I remember about it um, was. 
you kicked your tent, there was a left foot snap mm. um, out of the pack. And the fact that I was running and you were facing me, you were facing away from the goals, I thought the littlest handball would have been so good. And as you've turned around and just burnt me, your left foot snapped and it's going through. And if you have a look in the background, I'm giving you a spray as the ball's going through the air. I couldn't have given a shit that you kicked in. I wanted that handball to kick a left foot snap. But I turned around, I, I gave myself 20 seconds and I came over and gave you a high five. You know uh, the other person that was flat? Uh, with that moment Who? was a guy called Tim Fleming uh, who played for the Tigers, played yeah. 25 games, a good friend of ours. He had actually done all the hard work. It was a kick-in. The Bulldogs were kicking it in. He forced a turnover by putting his body on the line off the kick-in. The ball came to me uh, at ground level. I snapped the goal. Now, Flem had put his body on the line. Do you think I got over him and <laughs> said thanks, <laughs> It was all about me at that point. I was really happy with myself. The thing I remember about that game, now that you've brought it up, is I had three of my best mates from Tasmania over for the weekend. They were in the grandstands watching and uh, I just could not wait to get down to the Swan Hotel in Richmond to meet them. And uh, I reckon I had a pint for every beer that day. A Jeez, lazy it was a good 10. night. The How boys from Tassie, we had a great night. Yeah, it was good fun that day. <laughs> Collingwood West Coast. Uh, West Coast are going to wait for the teams to come out because they're talking about maybe Kennedy being back. But Collingwood. Darling as well? Uh, maybe. Yeah. So I have to wait for the team. So I'm not going to bet in this game until the teams are out. But Collingwood, $1.46 at the moment. West Coast, $2.75. No Lyndon Dunn. And if those two come back, I think West Coast are a lot closer than what we think. Gee, with Dunn out, if, if Kennedy and Darling come back into this team, gee, you'd nearly tip West Coast. But the fact that yeah, seven in a row, Collingwood, I mean, can they keep it going? Gee, they were brilliant in the last quarter last week. But in the third quarter when Essendon really challenged them, I thought for the first time in a couple of weeks they missed Trelaw like his overlap run yeah. in that third quarter. But the last quarter from Pendlebury side, bottom Grundy, was uh, was unbelievable and that got them across the line. Dugowie, deep forward, was really good. But, yeah, if Kennedy and Darling come in, gee, it's a real line ball this game. Dugowie had to do some pretty outstanding things to get Collingwood over the yeah, line last week. He and uh, He's a super player. What if it was a Collingwood-Richmond grand final? Imagine that. I was talking to a guy the other day and his point was – was pretty spot on. If Collingwood and Richmond played in a grand final, you could probably sell 300,000 tickets, I reckon. It would be huge. But, look, a lot of things have got to happen for that to happen. But it would be a good grand final. And us Victorian people think it's great. People from interstate don't think it's so good. But uh, it would be great if it happened. Imagine Jack Dyer and Louis Richards Mm. watching from above. I'd love it. Uh, North Melbourne, Sydney, cracking game Sunday, 3.20. North Melbourne at Etihad Stadium, $2.05. They're the outsiders. Sydney, $1.78. Haven't been impressive the last two weeks, Sydney, and I think they've got a great record at Etihad Stadium, but that did come to an end against Richmond two weeks ago. I think North Melbourne are playing too good a footy to give this one up. I like North Melbourne here. Yeah, I think you're right. Gee, the Swans, they've just lost the ability to score. They've only kicked 18 goals in the last two weeks, and Buddy has kicked eight of them. Luke Parker's kicked four. So those two players have kicked 12 out of their 18 goals. They've just lost lost the ability to score. Sinclair's not floating forward and kicking uh, his goals as what he was. It, Haywood isn't kicking as many goals. Yeah, they've lost that ability. Ronk, Ronk's a good player, but he, he hasn't been kicking goals he's for young, the last He's young. He's going to be inconsistent. They've lost McVeigh. They've lost Hanabry. <clears throat> I'm not sure about Jack. He had a medial. He may play. If those three go out, I'm not sure if Heaney will come back in. They desperately need him. He'd have to play forward if he comes back in. But too many injuries. North Melbourne and Eddie had. I know the Swans have been good there, but... You stick with North Melbourne here. 
Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and the last one, Fremantle Adelaide. I don't think I don't give Fremantle any Fremantle Port Adelaide. I don't give them any chance. Port Adelaide, uh, Fremantle. So I think Port Adelaide should get the job done in a game where. I don't think we really care about it too much. No, Frio have dropped off again, haven't they? They had a good little period there two or three weeks ago, but, yeah, Melbourne dominated them in Darwin. I know it wasn't a high-scoring game because of the conditions up there, but, yeah, Port Adelaide win this. They're they're a good team. They're a top-four team, and they won't let this slip. Um, That's it. Best bet of the round before we get into your story. I'm going to take Richmond at the line into North Melbourne, into Adelaide. It's paying $7.79, so that's my multi for the weekend. Is that your punters club? Uh, Is that something I'm going to take that as the punters club. I'm going to take that as a multi for the punters club, and I'm going to have 200 on that in the punters club, but I'm also going to back Adelaide and North Melbourne separately head-to-head as well. Beautiful. I like that, Nathan. Good good bet there. Now, we normally finish the show off with a little sportsman's night type story, yep. I guess. You'll be and running out by the end of the season. I haven't got many left, <laughs> to be honest. I'll have to start making them up in the next few weeks. But uh, I remember a day, and I know I talk a lot about the uh, early and mid-90s, but it was fun. You know, it was fun playing footy. Everyone worked full-time. Uh, you trained at night. So it was semi-professional. So with that, you're allowed to have a bit of fun because you didn't earn as much money. Clubs didn't expect as much out of you. So you're allowed to go out every Saturday night and perhaps Sunday afternoon as well. But I remember this well, one... Was that any different to 2004 <laughs> and 2005? That's where we may have got it wrong, Nathan, <laughs> I'd say. That's maybe where Richmond have improved. But um, I remember this night, it was it was late in pre-season. It was getting really close to the season. The practice matches had started. We'd had a practice match that day, a NAB Cup, ANSET Cup, I'm not even sure what it was called back then. And we were out on this particular Saturday night and having a really good night in the city, a few of us Richmond boys, and we bumped into a Collingwood player by the name of Trent Hotton, a really good bloke, Trent. Extraordinary uh, talent, Trent Hotton. Amazing talent, Trent Hotton. Good bloke. Loved to go out and have a good time like like a lot of uh, young guys back in the early 90s. Anyway, the night was coming to a close. We were leaving this particular venue and we'd been, you know, talking to Trent during the night and we said, see you later, Hots. And his nickname was the Hot Dog, right? (laughs) (laughs) So as we're leaving, we see the Hot Dog and he goes, listen, boys, before you go, before you leave, I'm telling you one thing, just look out for the Hot Dog this year. (laughs) (laughs) And we said, no worries, Hots. Walked out the door and we're all laughing, going, how good's the Hot Dog? He's going to have a big year. He thinks he's going to have an amazing year. Anyway, fast forward to the next afternoon and we're, we're watching the TV at home, a little bit shabby from the night before, and a news break comes on. <laughs> Collingwood sack Trent Hotton. <laughs> and we thought, what's happened here? So the hot dog's gone home and, and had a few hours sleep and, and then got in his car and driven to training at Victoria Park. They had a recovery session on. And he's fallen asleep in his car <laughs> and he's missed the team meeting. Tony Shaw was coach and sure he had had enough of the hot dog <laughs> and sacked him. So the hot dog's year didn't go how, how he wanted to. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. Jeez, he makes the hot laugh. dog. He's a good bloke. He was a good player, the hot dog. Yeah, he's a good fella. Uh, well, that's all we've got time for round seven. And we think, I think uh, personally, Adelaide will win the night. If you're going to have a punt, do so responsibly. Before we go, is is Hummer coming back? Uh, I don't not? know. I don't know. I, uh, uh, maybe they've sacked him. Doesn't really matter if he comes back. Does no, it? not really. Yeah. He's not going to add to this. No. Nah. <laughs> See you, Brownie. See you, mate.